Welcome to the Under 8 Podcast, a daily college basketball show brought to you every weekday in under eight minutes at the time of recording. It is Tuesday, January 23rd, 11, 12 p.m. My name is Josh Malnex. On today's pod, a stunning result in the SEC and plenty of Big 12 action on this Tuesday night. It's all right now on the Under 8 Podcast. couple of top 11 teams falling on this Tuesday night, but the, the most shocking being Kentucky's 17-point loss on the road to South Carolina. South Carolina 79, Kentucky 62. South Carolina team that's put a lot of wins together is now 4-2 and two in the SEC, so not completely out of nowhere, Josh, but still a result that you – that anyone would find surprising this evening. It just seems like every time with Kentucky, when just generally, when you start to think they've got this going again, and all of a sudden it's, oh my goodness, look at Kentucky. They have one of these games, which mm. they're obviously not the only team that has a game like this. It just was not competitive, which is the jarring part of this. It's, right? It's not that they lost this game. This is a South Carolina team that's had a very good season so far. and. We'll talk about the significance of this win in a second. Mm -hmm. But they just didn't show up. South Carolina wins the three-point line by 21 points. And this Kentucky offense that had been so good all season, I mean, their season low was 73 points. It was only the second time they scored fewer than 80, if I did the math correctly. And they scored 62. They didn't come close. This was Mm -hmm. easily their worst offensive performance of the season. And the other notable part about that for me is that so much was made about Big Z coming in here and this idea that, okay, now they are finally at full strength with all of their bigs. Mm-hmm. And I've been a believer in this idea, too, that once Bradshaw got in there, all of a sudden their ceiling significantly increases. The encore was not as impressive as the debut for Big Z. So now you've got some questions there as well in terms of are you getting – that kind of impact every game or was that more of an anomaly and it's going to take a little while for him to get integrated into this too. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a super young basketball team that plays offense at a really high level and defense at a pretty pedestrian level. And we've talked about Kentucky in general, just being a roller coaster and any team that's as young as, one like this might be it's a roller coaster and when you add in the fact that they're a top five offense in terms of efficiency they're barely a top 100 defense uh, when it comes to adjusted efficiency when you shoot 40 percent from the field when you're four of 13 from the three-point line and you only go to the charity stripe nine times it's like you're probably not going to win any games when you only score 62 points. So these things are just going to happen to any team that is structured like this. Um, Miami, Iowa, you know, any of these programs that are kind of built like this and granted this is, it was surprising how lopsided this one was, but I mean the, the nature of a loss like this for a team that has that kind of checks some of the boxes that Kentucky checks. Um, not not in and of itself 
all that stunning, but the convincing nature of this one was pretty surprising. Yeah, it's a reminder that this is a flawed team, as good as they look at times. They, their ceiling is incredible. Mm. Do they have the formula to win a national championship? That part is the big question that I'm still not convinced of because of that defense. Or South Carolina. Teams this young don't win national championships. That, that part of it, too. From a, yeah, from a roster construction, that's also valid. Yeah, especially in a year where so many teams are so old because of all of the COVID stuff. Mm. Absolutely. South Carolina, obviously the win speaks for itself, but I did want to talk about it for a second. And because to me, it has two different significant benefits here. One, now you have your signature win because they're one of those teams that's basically done what they're supposed to. They've looked good in SEC play, but haven't played the best teams in the conference yet. So you've got some and lost to all of the like fine ones that they've played. Right. They've got some oh, some decent wins, but nothing to close to this. Nothing to build your resume around. And then also, this is a team that is on the bubble right now. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of win that can put you in the right direction or it can take you from the first four games, you know, the play-in games to a 10 seed, can take you from the bubble to if you do what you're supposed to and win your first game in the SEC tournament, you feel good heading into Selection Sunday. Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. so they they do work together but that this is a big deal not only for the program development part of this but also just from a what this means for south carolina season now we're talking about this a little bit differently and it's you're in position now you did one of the things that you needed to do in order to make the ncaa tournament can you do your job the rest of the way because you're you're probably on the right side of all of this right now, and it is yours to lose instead of having to do something to get yourself into the field. The other part of it for for South Carolina is when you look at their schedule, they have they have basically two games left that when you're a bubble team, you can't lose. Um, it's their next game at home against a Missouri team that's sub 100 to come home, and it's February 10th when you play at home against Vanderbilt. Otherwise, it's away at Tennessee, away at a Georgia team that you've already lost to. That's, I think, better than most people realize it is. It's at home against, maybe at home at LSU is one that you probably would rather not have, but you're getting closer to one that you can survive. And then after that, everything else is away, and their other two home games kind of late in the season are Florida and Tennessee. Um, So, you know, some really tough opportunities to get even better wins, um, but not that many chances left for them to really slip on the banana and put themselves in a tough position. Yeah, just do what you're supposed to, win enough games. That's that's the goal at this point. A lot of the hard work has already been done. Just got to finish Indeed. it out. Indeed. And the Big 12, couple games here. Houston, number four, Houston, 75 Number 21, BYU 68, LJ Cryer, Jamal Shedd combined for 39 points. You get a little, you get some bench production, you get some stuff from the front court, and the backcourt offensively propels you to a 75-68 win. I thought it was very Houston of them that they beat another good team on a night where they got... Um, some nice offensive contributions from 
the guys that are asked to contribute offensively. This was a really, really good sign for Houston. Not only that they can win this kind of game against a high-powered offense Mm -hmm. by getting to 70-plus points because you're probably just not scoring 75 on Houston in the sense that LJ Cryer had 16 against UCF, 23 in this one. You talked about Jamal Shedd is also playing out of his mind right now. You've got both of them going. That's a great sign. This is also Houston's first Big 12 road win. There you go. Welcome to the Big 12, by the way. Yeah, with right. The beginning, and, with your road schedule to, to right. kick it off. Right. They're still sitting here at number four in the country, and they hadn't won a conference road game. And mm-hmm. they were, what, three and two in conference? You know, they and were, they're still a first at Kempom. Yeah. It's just the reality of the situation. But to make sure that you don't continue this trend, the difference between the teams that are fine in the Big 12 and that go compete with Kansas for the Big 12 title is what do you do on the road? You've got to find ways to win some of these games. You're not going to win them all. And Houston had this. It looked like they were going to run away. And it was, and then BYU got right back into it. And then Houston made the plays down the stretch and said, no, we're going to take this one. Thank you very much. I thought they were really, really good. From an offensive standpoint, when they get to 75, we talked about it. The backcourt was great. Really good sign. Defensively, that BYU team is really hard to guard. and. So holding them to 68, number one, is a good sign. But also just the way they did it, the way they guarded the cuts, that it just seems like BYU, these backdoor cuts are open all the time because they're so dangerous from the perimeter. And it must have been four or five different times Houston defenders got their hands on the ball. They denied the pass. I don't even know if the scoreline does justice to how well Houston played in this game. I was incredibly impressed. 75, 68. The other thing that keeps you up, uh, keeps you close to Kansas. And anytime you're trying to win the Big 12 is not losing back to backs too many, too many times. Um, it clearly Houston, like they're, they're going to be fine. Maybe they will lose back to back games at some point along the way. They have a couple, uh, different times left in the schedule where they're on the road, two games in a row, Texas and Kansas at the end of this month. Um, is the one that jumps off the page, but it doesn't feel like Houston's going to do that thing because that's the thing that Kansas is so good at right. is they never they never slip up uh, against a team they maybe shouldn't lose to and then compound it against yep. a team that they could you know totally lose to on the road. Um, that doesn't happen very often. So as long as it, it, Houston's going to be just fine as long as they they kind of keep building on what we've seen the last couple of games for BYU. I'm becoming very, very intrigued by this team. Not necessarily convinced, but intrigued. Uh, number one, they haven't run, won a true road game. And now you've lost two conference games at home. That's why you're sitting there near the bottom of the big 12. They take 33 plus three pointers a game. Okay, they make 37 of them approximately, mm-hmm. so that works. They went 11-38 to 38 in this game. And if you look at some of the other losses and the poor performances, they've taken even more. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, – because to me, their offense looks gorgeous. I love watching them play, and I just sit there going, how are, how are they struggling this much? 
Not that anybody expected BYU to be a juggernaut this season, but then they started playing well, and then they beat some decent Big 12 teams at home, and you go, maybe they are for real, at least in that building, which is part of what made what Houston did so impressive. They're one of those teams, though. They have this Alabama thing, right? They're going to take 35 plus threes. If they hit them, great. If they don't, they're in trouble. And defensively, their metrics are better than I thought. But that defense, isn't it's just not carrying them. They are built to score and to score. They've got to make their threes, and so they're always going to be vulnerable when they don't shoot the ball well. Yeah, the the team that takes the second most three-pointers in the country relative to the amount of field goals they take is seventh in the Big 12 in three-point shooting. Yeah. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. And I've said this before on this show. I mean like awesome you beat iowa state you have to go all the way back to november 10th the last time you beat a team that i really care about um all the way back to san diego state and you lost to baylor you lost to cincinnati you lost to utah and then we're going all the way back to the second game of the season so they're they're obviously talented they obviously are built on a really fun brand of basketball to watch but it's we probably don't have to get much deeper when it comes to BYU all that often this year than how well how well did they shoot it and at some point you know if if we get all the way through the Big Twelve and we're not super impressed by any of the wins that they have outside of maybe Iowa State then I'm gonna have a hard time believing in their abilities to get deep into the NCAA tournament. We'll see. It's a really fun addition to the big 12 and one that I think is, is um, absolutely making the conference better this year. Sorry. They did win at central Florida. My bad. Should clarify that. Well, all right. The you're best have, of their, you're going to have central Florida. You're going to have central Florida people banging on your door. My, my apologies. They have, they have a road win. Obviously it has not gone particularly well in the rest of their road games. Also in the Big 12, Texas, 75, number 11, Oklahoma, 60. And Josh, if I am correct, and now I'm and now I'm stuck in a place where I wasn't ready and I was trying to think on the fly, that is, in the same three-day stretch, a win over Baylor and a win over Oklahoma for the Longhorns, 75-60, Max Asmus, spectacular, 22 on eight of 14 shooting Dylan Sue 19 and 10 uh, had a very nice game of his own. And uh, the Longhorns don't look now. They might be on a roll. Let's start with the Max Asmus point. He scored his 2900th career point today. Do you know where he is on the all time men's scoring list? Um, Like top 20. He's up to 15. And yeah. yeah. I believe he's within 15 or so points of 14. He is climbing quickly here. He's got some more space, some more spots to take here. I wasn't surprised when I learned that, but didn't Was this necessarily year like seven of college basketball for Max Asmus. At least five, right? Yeah. I... So that wasn't that wasn't supposed to be that wasn't supposed to be snarky. And obviously, he's he's been a bucket for years at this point. So this congratulations. Is this is your five. Yeah. yeah. So congratulations to him. That's a, I just 
didn't necessarily think about that, but I went, well, I'm not exactly shocked because obviously sure. he can really score the ball. So cool, cool to see that. Good for him. Yeah, Texas dominated the the glass. The three point line was just a better basketball team. And as we talked about, kind of the the flip side to don't let it spiral is also okay. You got one. Can you go get the next one? Mm-hmm. And Texas emphatically answered yes against an Oklahoma team that's been really good at home this season. That hasn't lost really to bad teams. I mean, you've got a, a road loss to TCU, which is certainly nothing to be ashamed of. And they went into that building and took it to the fighting Porter Moser, Porter Mosers. This is, I mean, they haven't completely rescued the season because it could derail again, but they have dug themselves out of the hole. They are back to being just fine. It's about mm-hmm. what you do from this point moving forward now, which is also the challenge of, okay, it doesn't get any easier here. You can't go lose three of your next four, three of your next five. You've got to keep <laughs> keep yourself at 500 in conference play, give yourself an opportunity heading into the Big 12 tournament. But this thing could have spiraled out of control. And instead, Texas is feeling really, really good about where they're at and the trajectory of where this season is going. So credit to Rodney Terry. Clearly, nobody panicked there. They figured some things out and are playing really, really well. You want to know what Texas's next four games are? <laughs> yeah, it's it it. They showed it on the broadcast. It's tough. Uh, on the road at BYU, home against Houston, right. on the road at TCU, home against Iowa State. Yeah. Then they get a break playing at home against West Virginia. But then again, that's a game that they've already lost this season. Um. And then it goes Houston, Kansas State, Kansas, Texas Tech. That's the next, what is that, 10 games, nine games? Welcome to the Big 12. I'd be going to the SEC too. Yep. Anything else from this right. evening? It's, it's never enough. To... Go ahead. Can you hear me? Did I lose you? Mm. Josh is frozen. Josh is frozen. We'll see if we can get him back here. Big 12 is not easy. Big 12 is very much not easy by any stretch of the imagination. A couple other things from this evening in men's college hoops. Dayton keeps on rolling 66-54 over LaSalle. That's a... Uh, a sixth straight A10 win for Dayton. I think that I think Josh is back. I see him moving backstage again. Welcome back, Josh. Welcome back. Don't know what um, happened there. Any any final thoughts on Texas and Oklahoma? No, we, we pretty much covered it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep going. That's the that's the theme here. It doesn't get any easier, but you dug yourself out of the hole. So what do you do now that you're back? Kind of it even. Anything else from this evening? The one game I wanted to mention, Wisconsin looked like they had it. And then, not so much, but they find a way to survive against Minnesota. It just seems like whenever Wisconsin kind of sneaks in and wins the Big Ten when nobody expects it, they do this a bunch. They just Mm -hmm. find ways to win games. Doesn't have to be pretty, but there they are, still hanging around at the top of the Big Ten. Got another real scare. That's a, 
a really good opportunity for Minnesota that they obviously let let slip away. They got back into the game, had their chance, and it's ultimately Wisconsin who prevails. So the Badgers still rolling in the Big Ten. Yeah, they've kind of been smoking everybody they play in the Big Ten, too. So if they're going to smoke most of the teams that they play and win these close ones, then I don't know. I'm not sure. Then, then there's, a, there's a chance that nobody nobody catches them. 7-1, and one, Purdue's only a game back in the loss column, so it's obviously not over. But they haven't been doing this very often. That's a lot of winning by 9 to 16 points and getting this one on the road as well. They're they're gonna be they're gonna be tough to catch. Of course, Purdue gets them twice. So there will be opportunities, but uh Purdue not going to be able to stumble to a Big Ten title this year. Doesn't look like it at least. Certainly not. I think that's gonna do it. Tuesday, January 23rd, it's 11:33 p.m. We'll be back tomorrow. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you listen to your shows, follow the Under 8 Pod on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, and we will see you tomorrow. Thanks so much for being here, and until then, take care.